Welcome to Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. When people are injured due to negligence or while on the job, they need all the help they can get. Doctors Armin Feldman and Mike Bummer help ensure they get it. Join them as they discuss the newest medical subspecialty of medical legal consulting. Learn how attorneys can gain a competitive advantage in PI, workers' comp, and medical malpractice cases. Armin and Mike can help you better understand the medical issues in your cases, leading to larger settlement amounts and the best possible medical care for clients. They can help save you time and increase case value, all without breaking the bank. Let's get started. Welcome to this episode of Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. I'm Dr. Armin Feldman. And as always, I'm here with my friend, colleague, and partner in Physicians Legal Consultants, Dr. Mike Bummer. Hi, Mike. Hi, Armin, and hi to all of our listeners. So today we're going to cover a couple of things. Mike has an interesting case that really speaks to how medical legal consultants add value to legal cases. And then Mike and I uh, talked about this, and uh, I thought I would give a very uh, brief history lesson and talk a little bit about Uh, I always mention that uh, we're partners in physicians, legal consultants, and uh, I thought I'd talk just a little bit about uh, what legal consultant, uh, physicians, legal consultants really is. We did a LinkedIn Live yesterday, and I thought it was a really good point that you brought up at the beginning of that session where you mentioned that not only are most of our listeners attorneys or personal injury attorneys, but also that we've been collecting some physician listeners, which is kind of exciting. And you've been contacted by some of them who are listening to either the show or watching our LinkedIn lives. Is that correct? You want? Yeah, to- absolutely. That's And you're right. It's just so great. And uh, I guess it's a, a wonderful unintended consequence that not only are attorneys listening in, but our fellow physicians are listening in as well, which is terrific. I think so many, even attorneys or doctors, really think of a physician's involvement in the legal world as limited to expert witness work. You really picture the doctor on the stand, you know, explaining things to a jury or reviewing really uh, medical records and writing uh, long reports for these affidavits. But what you're, I think, going to talk about today, and what is refreshing to hear is that these episodes are putting a light on this type of pre-litigation, pre-trial medical consulting that we've come to love. Yeah, you know, you're so right about that, Mike. When doctors and lawyers think about lawyers hiring doctors, I they really only think of one thing, and that's hiring physicians to be medical experts. And of course, uh, that's not what we do. We are doing pre-trial, pre-litigation medical consulting. Obviously, we have uh, services and do consultations that help attorneys when they go to trial. But the vast majority of what we're doing is helping the attorneys to better negotiate and settle their cases for better value with less attorney time, help them get the appropriate medical care for their clients, and maybe, and most importantly, help them to really better negotiate all the medical issues in their cases. Yep. 
It's awesome. Just had to go there because the the physicians listening, I think, also need some of that clarification. I know I would have needed that clarification four years ago before I started this. Right. Uh, and that's it's actually a really good segue into how I was excited to talk about this case today. Great. It, it's not the most complicated. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of different nooks and, and corners to this, but I was asked by an attorney and this, this occurred on the West coast where, uh, one of the nice things with post COVID is zoom and, you know, branching out. I had an attorney who sent me a case because of, of what was perceived to be a, a very serious injury. And it was confusing uh, because the case, the injury occurred under the watchful eye of an emergency room. And it wasn't necessarily a physician making a decision for malpractice uh, or negligence or a medication error, but it was in an older gentleman who had had significant back pain Ooh. and he was at home and he fell. Ooh. And obviously that's a uh, uh, common occurrence. These falls can happen and he had difficulty getting up and they had to call the ambulance. Mm-hmm. And he actually walked to the ambulance with his wife's assistance. He was in his 70s. Yeah. And they took him to the hospital, to the ER, and they did an evaluation and they they needed to assess him for fall risk and uh, why he why he fell. Was, was there some underlying condition? And so they talked to neurology to come do a neuro exam. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness this happened because uh, this is critical to the, my observations in the case. They did a neuro exam on all four extremities, which was essentially normal. He, He wasn't, you know, he didn't have the strength of a 25-year-old, uh, but he was able-bodied and had, you know, four out of five strength and had uh, typical sensation. But they, uh, he had a history of some back pain and some spinal uh, degeneration and disc disease. So they, they ordered a CT scan. Mm-hmm. And they took him, transported him to the CT scan. And they were going to lay him flat. They needed to lay him flat for the study. And when they were about to do that, the, uh, the tech or uh, whatever individual was responsible for conducting the actual exam said, we're going to lay you flat. And they started to lower the bed. Right. And I guess he said, you know, that really hurts this. I can't, I, I can't go any flatter. And the tech said, well, we, we need to get you more flat. And he said, well, I can't do it. it it's, and he started to get really anxious and nervous. And this is, this was, uh, uh, I was able to, to elucidate this from the, phone interview that I did to understand the situation better before I could give my opinion. Right. And, and you know, Mike, uh, sorry, I'll interrupt you for a sec, but you know, if you think about it, this is actually a, a problematic thing because people with neck injuries, people with back injuries, one of their complaints often is that they can't lay flat. And when they try to lay flat in bed at night, uh, they have increased pain. They can't sleep. They're sleeping, sitting up in a chair. And I'm sure as our listeners, both attorneys and physicians know, to get an MRI done, the patient needs to be very still. 
And that's one of the instructions that they give. Well, what happens if someone just can't lay flat? And so we're about to find out. The the gentleman uh, continued to oppose wanting to lay flat, and the tech took it upon himself to abruptly say, we need to get this done, and lowers aggressively lowers the back of the bed. My attorney's client goes flat and says, shrieks in pain says that you know multiple doors over probably heard him screaming right he said he had said multiple expletives and he in that exact moment felt his lower body his legs go numb Uh. they wheel him back they weren't able to do the study because he was absolutely beside himself he was screaming and unruly so they they wheeled him back and he complained of this to the er and they ultimately did another neuro exam mm-hmm. and it showed uh, it showed loss of sensation and reduced strength in his lower extremities. Oh, so he to the changes, point, right? Just in a, yeah. this short period of time, exam yeah. to exam. Now, I, I will tell you the documentation of all of this was less crystal clear than I'm kind of painting the picture for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why uh, my involvement in this case was valuable right. because this was done quickly. It was a pretty narrowed idea. And I was able to then refer a, a specialist, a spine surgeon specialist who could review the films before and after they ultimately did sedate him and get an MRI that night, which showed significant, uh, a fracture probably leading to the paralysis. This gentleman's going to be in a wheelchair and he was not wheelchair bound before going into the ER and he left the ER or left the hospital wheelchair bound. And so ultimately he was going to require a lot of additional uh, care and uh, uh, funds to support a new unfortunate lifestyle for him and his family. Okay. And the, so what was it your opinion that that when he was rapidly put into this uh, position where he was laying down that the fracture occurred? Yes. Yeah, it seemed uh, much more likely than not that that was when the actual fracture occurred. And that that, that trust in keeping him safe in that setting was violated. Mm -hmm. Uh, There wasn't a specific physician negligence like I had mentioned, but just being able to look at the different reports, kind of do my best Sherlock Holmes work on some of the the neuro exams and comments is where I was able to quickly get to the bottom of this for for my attorney. And uh, ultimately speaking with the uh, client and answering a lot of their questions, it was a unfortunate, but it was just the appropriate outcome. And that is all we really search for, right? It, it kind of mm-hmm. sounds cliche, but the truth is the truth. Mm-hmm. And we we have uh, checks and balances in place to protect our the population and also to protect doctors and, and everyone. I, I, but the truth is the truth. Right. So this was just in an unfortunate situation. We don't really know what was going on in the uh, MRI exam room, but uh, maybe the tech was a little frustrated. Who knows? But uh, this rapid uh, movement that put the 
a client of the attorney down into a uh, flat position on the MRI uh, table probably was the cause of this uh, fracture and all of the problems that uh, came after that. Exactly. Exactly. So you teased that out. I mean, that really wasn't something that was clear until you took a look at the case. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my attorney, a very good attorney who's been doing medical malpractice work, uh, not with me per se, but for, for over a decade. And he had a lot of questions and specifics because it was going to be expensive to retain a spine surgeon to get that opinion and get the films reviewed. And he wanted a general physician surgical uh, quick look at standard of care and what what the potential injuries could be and to interpret those notes. Right. And I was able to quickly and affordably do that for him. It was, it again, it this work, it, it was not that I was going to then testify as a spine specialist, right. but it was helping him progress through the case in an affordable and in an efficient manner. Right, right. So, uh, and you've got that report uh, available? Well, this one, he didn't require me to oh, write okay. a formal report, Got it. but we actually had working documents that went back and forth with some of my questions. And so we, we had shared documentation back and forth. It was all uh, uh, privileged, of course, because we're doing a mm. kind of sleuth work. We're, we're really functioning as part of the firm in our consultant role, not as uh, a discoverable kind of expert work per se. Right, right. And but I'm glad I asked that question because that helps to point something out. Is that sometimes a, a report really isn't necessary. It's just take a look at this, do the investigative work, be our medical Sherlock Holmes, and communicate verbally with our attorney client. My attorneys uh, often just want a full rundown and a, a uh, question and answer period with me. Yeah, makes sense. Anything else on that? No, no. I would love to segue into your overall discussion about the, the type of work we're doing and some of the history. Yeah, great. So I thought I would uh, just talk briefly uh, about uh, physicians, legal consultants. And I think, Mike, sometimes you and I were talking, and I think sometimes uh, it would be easy for our listeners to get the impression, uh, hey, this is uh, just uh, two guys doing cases. Uh, but uh, actually, uh, we do have physicians all over the country uh, that I've had the privilege and opportunity to train and uh, available uh, to do cases. So, for example, if the case requires that uh, one of our physicians actually physically sits in and observes an independent medical exam that puts them in a position to write an IME rebuttal, that we can do that in any part of the country. And uh, I thought I would just uh, talk about uh, the history a little bit. So uh, as you know, and of course, um, you went through that uh, training some uh, years ago, and, and now I have the privilege of uh, having you as my partner in Physicians Legal Consultants. But the way that this uh, all got started, as you know, is that uh, years ago, uh, 
I uh, was a practicing psychiatrist and I had met a per personal injury attorney and he started sending me some of his cases of his clients that had had uh, head injuries. And uh, long story short, one thing led to another and I wound up uh, learning about this and opening up my first uh, clinic where we treated uh, and did uh, head injury rehabilitation and uh, of a treatment design of uh, a treatment plan of my own design, actually. And uh, so we uh, did things and, and it came to the point where I had other psychiatrists, psychologists, neuropsychologists, psychotherapists, biofeedback therapists and others working at the clinic. And I think we did a really good job of helping head injured individuals get back up on their feet. So that clinic was uh, going uh, gangbusters. And um, a quick aside to that is sometimes I used to joke that my main job was taking people out to lunch. So uh, my job was educating physicians, attorneys, uh, physical therapists and others, in, chiropractors in uh, our community about the services that we offered. And uh, that clinic uh, built up and had, was a bustling clinic. So uh, I thought, hmm, maybe we can duplicate this. The next clinic was in Colorado Springs. The next clinic was in Detroit. And it just grew and grew from there. And I learned a lot about how to uh, run a, a clinic, uh, and I testified as well, really more times than I want to remember as an expert witness uh, concerning our patients who were either being cut off of their medical care or offered some pittance of a settlement and wound up with clinics all over the country, which I was uh, very fortunate uh, to eventually sell to a big healthcare company. So at that point, uh, I first of all, of course, I was out of a job after a while, but um, I was thinking about what I wanted to do next. And based on uh, now understanding uh, how healthcare is delivered in this corner of medicine with injuries and so forth, I thought, well, maybe what we could do is uh, I could just consult on any kind of medical question that came up on a case. Turned out that was uh, an unserved niche. And as they say, the rest was history and really started developing, which now has really become a new subspecialty of forensic medicine, uh, this whole field of uh, medical legal consulting and pre-trial, pre-litigation medical consulting. So uh, after a while, uh, a couple of years of doing this, I realized, hey, this is something that other doctors could do as well. And so I developed a training program and started training other physicians around the country how to do this. I was 
fortunate enough that you were interested in that at one point, and uh, you went through that training, and since then have done individual training with physicians in a year-long program, have done conferences all over the country, online courses, and so forth, and what that has uh, afforded is after now having trained a little over 1,600 physicians around the country in the last 13 years, the development that uh, we've got going, which is physicians, legal consultants, where we now deal uh, with um, educating attorneys around the country about these services, but we do have these physicians all over the country uh, that can do local cases. And it's been uh, gratifying because uh, not only is it uh, interesting work for the physicians, but this is a way that physicians can continue to really help people in a non-clinical way. And Which is in more demand now than I believe it ever has been in the world of medicine. We are yeah. hearing and in, in speaking to the, the various uh, consultants around the country that you referenced, we have our network, kind of a friends network, like our attorneys do a list serve of sorts where we share tips and notes and strategies. And what we're hearing from these uh, members that you're coaching is that they're either burned out from the practice of medicine, they're either transitioning into a, another stage of their career, whether they're turning down or, or uh, they have their own reason for that. And it's affording them an opportunity to continue to use their long, hard work acquisition of skills and knowledge and apply it in a completely new field. And I didn't understand that whenever I first met you and looked into this and your your conference that you had put on. How many years did you end up running your conference before COVID kind of affected the in-person conference? Yeah, I had done that conference for eight years. And then, of course, we all got attacked by COVID-19 and the pandemic and uh, live conferences weren't being held at a switch to live stream conferences and then online courses. I, I hope someday we can go back to live Me conferences too. as well. But yes, uh, that tra uh, training those physicians in that way has been going on for a long time. And I, I just thought it would be good for our listeners to know that uh, we have well-trained physicians all over the country. Uh, if uh, they uh, need a physician locally to help them with the case. I think it's worth pointing out, Armin, uh, just to be very clear, that I can think of two big separators between what we do as consultants, medical legal consultants, and typical traditional medical expert work. Mm -hmm. One is... I've come to learn and appreciate that we are well-versed in the legal needs of our attorneys. Right. Whereas the doctors that I've connected or the, the reports that I read on these, a lot of car crash cases, when you're reading reports from, you know, various treating doctors is that they are not interested and do not have background training in the legal legalese. Mm -hmm. and what 
what words can be used, what is going to help support a case, regardless of their intentions, they may not be at the point where they're able to actually f- uh, provide that value that that we do because of the fact that we live in this world on a daily basis. Yeah. And the the other the other thing is that we are more affordable than traditional medical experts. Right. And that's important because the work we're doing requires uh, some hours. It requires uh, phone interviews with patients, research. And we know that our attorneys have their clients' best interest in mind. And there is only uh, so much uh, settlement value or case value that needs to maximally be delivered to their client. And so our nature of having reasonable rates and doing this efficiently is critically important that there's not going to be a surprise huge invoice that that they can rely on us as a part of their team not as a potentially adversarial expert and i'm not saying all experts are adversarial i'm just saying i've seen relationships between experts and attorneys and i've heard about them where it's not necessarily like they're part of the team they're kind of a necessary element that they don't always our attorneys don't always get real excited to have to pay some of those those big retainers. Right, right. And I guess, Mike, without sounding too dramatic, what I've learned uh, over the years now is that this is medical help that these injured uh, people really need. So we're helping the, literally helping the attorney, helping their client with the medical damages in the case. Sounds like a great name for a podcast, Armin. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, I mean it. This is, this is really good work. And thank you for uh, founding and kind of maturing this space of forensic medicine. Yeah, it was a, a, a really fun and gratifying thing to do. So I think that's all I had on that. Anything else for you, Mike? No, no, nothing at all. Okay, well, uh, if you find our podcast uh, to your liking, we would really appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. If you have a case, if you have a comment, if you have a question, please email us at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com. And we'll look forward to having you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. For more information about the show and to listen to all the podcast episodes, go to physicianshelpingattorneys.com. You can also email Armin and Mike at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com. Physicians